ago we recorded part of the Watchman podcast talking about racism uh, prejudice and policing in modern day America and we didn't put it out immediately it's mostly my fault for taking so long to try to edit <laughs> but we're going to release it today it's an extended discussion there's only about 10 minutes of it in the Watchman podcast and we just wanted to get it out in the world because even though the timing isn't great now that so much has happened in the last week and week or two regarding protests in response to George Floyd's murder for instance those police officers have been convicted but we felt like a lot of the things we talked about regarding prejudice it's sort of a timeless conversation for humanity and you guys should know that at a certain point we had finished recording the podcast and we just left the mics rolling and this is the conversation that we had and that's why i didn't make it into the podcast last time and we we just decided to release it because we thought you might want to hear it yeah well, we didn't know at the time whether or not we were going to post it and didn't even really know for sure up until today if we were going to post it or not because a lot of what we're talking about is pretty sensitive stuff and especially Especially, like Stephen said, when it's coming from two fairly well-off white dudes, that it might it might seem kind of out of touch or out of place. And we don't want anything we say to come off like we have all the answers. And I think we say as much in the cast. Yeah, just forgive us for that too. That we just wanted to release kind of the conversation as raw as we can. Anyway, this is just a little intro disclaimer. We felt like some of the stuff was worth putting out, so we're gonna just throw it out there it's unusual for our regular lineup of content mm -hmm. but we just wanted to see if it takes see if anything bites <laughs> and maybe we'll do something like this in the future maybe not yeah and i mean speaking on behalf of gabe and myself i think this is kind of our way of saying that we also believe that black lives matter so here is the conversation yep Also, we do have a major spoiler from Watchmen right here. So if you skip ahead a minute and a half, you should be fine. And so that's that's essentially what happens in the 2019 Watchmen. Thank you, Damon Lindelof. And thank you for the amazing experience and ride. It was wild. So one of the most interesting things for me is the underlying through line that Damon wanted to tell one of the politically charged reasons that they were creating this story was racism. And I thought it was extremely interesting that we never actually saw the original John Osterman as Dr. Manhattan. His face was never shown. White John Osterman? Yeah, we only saw Cal Abar inhabit the blue version of Dr. Manhattan. Essentially, I think it's Damon's way, the creator's way of this series, essentially taking the character that is most like God, the most powerful character in the series, and taking them from what used to be a uh, white person and made this godlike character black. And then in the end, also potentially taking that a little further, maybe even a black woman. And I think that's just as imagery, as a metaphor even, uh, even as an example, is saying a lot, is making a clear statement about what this Watchmen series is standing for. It's an interesting perspective. I didn't even think about it that far extrapolated, but it's that's true. 
The voice was very consistent throughout the whole thing. And it was beautiful. And someone said this better than me, but the whole point is to rethink the biases in the stories America tells about power, violence, and race. I loved that. And it's something that's so ingrained in us, too, that we sometimes don't even realize what's happening, the, the things we say and do. Yeah, a great example is Black Wall Street. Yeah. That whole event in America and how it's not something that we is commonly known that we learn about in yeah in school and and the fact that these things are still going on today um yeah not quite on that scale but no all over the place aspects of this i yeah. mean during this time of an already crazy time with the pandemic and you know the domination of covid-19 the reign of covid yeah for some reason people still find the need to be divided in a time that we should be united and hate and be racist and murder people that are not like them. And we had an example of this back in February and it just hit the internet a couple weeks ago of Ahmad Arbery in Atlanta in Georgia. He was just jogging and some people shot him down in a neighborhood. And not only was he murdered, but the murderers were essentially free men for another month or so or two until the internet exploded and were like, hey, you need to put these people away. away. <laughs> Once you go viral, it's hard to you know hide something. And I just read about today, another young woman named Brianna Taylor was asleep with her boyfriend in their house and they were invaded by a bunch of policemen and she was murdered gunned down in her own house in the middle of the night and her boyfriend who was trying to protect her and him shot back and he ended up getting prosecuted and it was just released in the news today that he was finally exonerated and set free yeah it's mind-blowing to me that this is still going on on a very very personal note i was telling you this the other day but when i was in elementary school i was taught and this is probably a, a very whitewashed way of looking at things, but I was taught that racism didn't exist anymore and that Martin Luther King Jr. had, had Won fixed the it. He fixed it. Yeah, he solved racism. And I was taught that in elementary school. I can remember seeing the teacher say that. That is literally what she said. She said, this is why we celebrate Martin Luther King Jr. because he fixed racism, that he died for that cause so that racism no longer exists in America. I think the point in all of this, the point of this story of Watchmen, and also that we should all be facing and realizing today in the quote-unquote woke culture that you referred to earlier, is that we we start to acknowledge the the actual history that has transpired, and we need to we need to grasp that and actually... We have to acknowledge it so that you can heal. Let it go. Yeah, exactly. We need to figure out a way to move beyond that in our own thinking, uh, culturally and internally and individually. We need to move past that by acknowledging. We, we have to acknowledge, like that quote I just read said, to rethink the biases and the stories that America tells. Because America, I think, has told one story. I was told that story that racism doesn't exist anymore. And we, especially in privileged parts of the country, we grow up thinking that it's one way only to come to find when we are a little bit older that it's another way. And we need to stop trying to cover those things up or diminish the severity of the events that have transpired. Yeah, or else these things will probably keep happening. And that's something that I love about Damon Lindelof. The, the story that he set out to tell here was to just point that out a little bit and try to point out those flaws in the thinking of the majority. 
And in the same way that I think Alan Moore was trying to point out the flaws in the thinking of the majority during the Cold War back in the 80s. And and that's why I think that this story and this 2019 HBO Watchmen series is so genius is because not only is it standing for something, but it's being challenging and dangerous and courageous in a way that we don't often see in our culture and that could potentially maybe prompt someone to actually start reconsidering their belief system. And when art does that, that's powerful. I wish we saw more. And it also, again, homages and plays off so well of the original comic, which makes it so genius. But Yeah, it's a big risk to confront truth like that, mm-hmm. especially in that medium. I mean, a lot of people were turned off just by the first couple episodes because of how they were handling the socio-political themes between the police and the seventh cavalry yeah but that is what you have to do and that's i think that's the highest form of art is when it not only reveals something that's true like that but really forces you to deal with it Mm. by putting it in front of you like that so yeah hats off to lindelof and his team yeah and that is what makes it art isn't it yeah in the end is it's not just another tv series it's not just a, a season of a cw show i mean this is a meaningful yeah there was a message there is a clear message that should have long-lasting impact on our culture if people are paying attention it was uh, i think uh, barack obama in 2019 put out a list of all of his favorite things to come out in the previous decade but watchman was on it the hbo watchman series was on that list of his favorite movies (laughs) and he's like even though it's not a movie it's definitely one of the best things to come out of the decade Yeah, and another quick little thing is while the symbol of the original Watchmen comic is this happy face with this drip of blood on it that speaks to the cynicism and the scarred nature of America at the time, the symbol of this Watchmen is an egg, which is why we were talking about eggs earlier. Yeah, man. (laughs) Delicious. And eggs represent new life, layers. Hope. Hope, in a way, because of that new life. And I think that was also an interesting move that Damon Lindelof, while not only trying to pay homage to the original Watchmen, was also trying to bring hope to Watchmen and maybe even hope to our culture today. Yeah. Damon's got a lot of experience writing incredibly damaged characters who spend the whole show or movie healing, and Watchmen's no exception. I mean, you take the symbolism. It's subtle a lot of the time, but you have... Angela at the very end consuming the egg. It's pretty right on the nose. Her and all the other characters becoming new people, essentially changing for the better. Mm -hmm. So it is cool to see Moore's work as something that is very scathing rebuke and kind of a hopeless piece on Mm -hmm. humanity. And then Lindelof take that and evolve it and turn it on its head. And now we're making strides in the right direction. Maybe if you look at Moore as the creator of the original and Lindelof as the creator of this new one, that you could essentially even make the jump that Lindelof maybe is just a more hopeful person than Moore is. Probably. Yeah. I mean, Con- I would assume so. Considering what we know about yeah. Alan Moore. I don't think Lindelof claims to be a magician. No. Practicing the dark arts in his backyard. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with that. Alan Moore is a genius. But Lindelof, I think... Yeah, Moore, he, we know you're listening, Alan yeah. Moore. <laughs> to this you, podcast. You, you're retired and have nothing else to do. But I think you're right. And that's why I said that a lot of the time, Damon deals with these incredibly damaged characters finding healing. Yeah. It's cool. When will you find healing, Gabe? Series finale. <laughs> of your life? 
Yeah. Many seasons from now. It's a process, Stephen. Don't rush it. You can't rush art. It just happens. You can if you go to therapy. Yeah, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> Any last words? Nothing ever ends. Since we recorded this podcast, before we even recorded this podcast, we've been wanting to do this particular Watchmen series for... Since the beginning. Since the beginning of the podcast. And we knew that racism was prevalent, and then COVID kind of took over for a while, being in the spotlight. And then there have been multiple atrocious racist acts and since we recorded this podcast within like the three days that we recorded it and started to edit it uh there was another one so on top of brianna taylor and ahmed arbery another violent lynching via the cops in minneapolis well not really a lynching can you call it a lynching if it's not a lynching i mean it was essentially i would just call it a public execution basically a lynching i mean i guess it is like a modern day lynching happened to george floyd and um it's becoming it still is very heavy everyone is talking about it right now um in minneapolis there are people flooding the streets it's rioting yeah. rioting and uh, not just there it's uh really spreading across the nation as these things do more and more all the time because people are outraged um for a good reason uh there really is no reason to kill anyone just for a normal arrest and but there's always like um a way to spin it from the other side and say oh this is why this sort of thing happened like even in the case of ahmed but specifically with george floyd there was literally no even remote reason that this would reasonably be something that would happen right Mm -hmm. because the police were called because of a forgery allegation and Mm -hmm. then it ends with this man being killed on the sidewalk by one of the cops having his knee on his yeah, neck. Yeah, something that you're not trained to do. Yeah. It was a lack of training, if anything. So it's and, just pure and simple, yeah. uh, you know, prejudice. Yeah. I mean, even if I'm, I'm playing devil's advocate here a little bit, but even if that cop says, I'm not racist, there's a reason that they put him in handcuffs in the first place. There's a reason that he threw him on the ground and had his knee on his neck. And I think it's, become apparent to everyone that looks at it and and because there's video of it all over online that it's wrong and it's apparent and that's why people are rioting there's a just a, a heavy a heavy heavy sense of injustice in the air surrounding this yeah and it's really just like you said not just in the last few months but over the the course of american civilization it's history been, like it, it just keeps adding onto the top like, yeah like you're playing a giant game of jenga and at some point it's going to crumble yeah and so really us bringing this up and talking about this at the end and and we talked a little bit about awareness but it's 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 really all that it is is watchman not only was good because of what it was attributing to the original comic but it also tackled a very heavy relevant issue in socio and political spheres right now and that's what makes it good but it's also calling into question things that need to be called into question. And yeah, I mean, not to say that Gabe and I are the people that should be spurring that on as well, but it's important. We, yeah. I think we, we both recognize its importance and we definitely don't want to stand for that kind of injustice as well. And so if you're listening to this and you might be thinking, this is just an interesting 
spin off of a comic book. Uh, it's a lot more than that. Yeah, this show, uh, I mean, we talked about how Damon Lindelof was inspired by what he was reading and hearing at the time mm-hmm. to use that as a basis for the story in the series. And so it really is a product of its time. It's the product that is, you know, at the culmination of things that have been happening mm-hmm. in this country for a while, for a long time, for the entire time that it's been a country. So it should it should weigh on you. It should be something that you're thinking about. So hopefully uh, hearing these words is, you know, it's something that you think about too, listener. <laughs> yeah. Just a level of awareness. The The more that you could do as an individual, I think, to educate yourself and become more aware and put yourself, your own desires and your feelings aside and just try to soak up the information around you. That's the best thing I think that you could do. That we could do. Yeah. Especially if you are from a privileged background. Yeah, it can be hard to put yourself sometimes uh, metaphorically in another person's shoes. Yeah. But that's something you should think about. Like, what if I was this person, you mm-hmm. know, in this community, living with under this weight of history? So, anyway. And that's the question that Damon tackled, and that's why, on top of everything, I mean, it's a brilliant series, and just goes to show that Damon has been an advocate for this a lot longer than even the the most recent events. You know, he's he was trying to expose something here that goes all the way back into the the veins of America's history, like you said. Into the annals of human nature. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> the amount of times that I laugh and I can't even respond to you is, is there's a lot. There's so many times. It's so upsetting. <laughs> It's, it's it's frustrating. You're making my head hurt. <laughs> I'm sorry. It is late. I'm thinking. I don't like to get too preachy for myself, but I uh, agree with what you said. I actually saw your Instagram thing this morning, and then I, I watched what your friend had put up, because you shared her thing, and then I listened to it, and uh, she had a lot of good things to say, because these things show no sign of slowing until, you know, it hits a bursting point. It'll be interesting to see what happens. They're opening up investigations. FBI is looking into it. But with riots and things continue to escalate, you know. What are they calling it? They're they're calling it um, social pressure? Yeah. Basically, it's when... That it's forcing... It's when the minority responds. It's forcing it, politicians to act. Yeah. And that's only because the minority is responding in kind. Like, if these things were just happening, it wouldn't be doing anything. But it's once the... In this case, the black community responds... With the protesting, and there are simultaneously peaceful and violent protests. But it's when those protests happen that the politicians and the powers that be are like, we need to take action now because there's unrest. Right. And it's really sad to see that, but that's how it is right now. Mm-hmm. It is sad. Even in L.A., there are riots going on. Are they blowing things up? It's, they're not as bad as Minneapolis, but there's... Oh, actually, they were kind of bad. I watched a clip today of in L.A. of people bashing in squad car windows, and there are just people jumping on the car, and then the cop like drove away, and some guy got thrown to the side of the road. It's just chaos. Jeez, it's so crazy. It's localized, you know, here and there, but it's literally like the beginning of Watchmen. Yeah, <laughs> like the the Black Wall Street. Can you imagine if we had technology like we have today? hundred years ago in the sense that things can become viral and then it's immediately injected into public awareness and you'd have something like Tulsa, the, uh, the black wall street massacre just on your newsfeed and you're cycling and you're like, Holy shit. 
and I've just been, you know, berated. I berated myself because I was doing a lot of research yesterday into the history of these things happening, specifically in the last five years, and specifically with cops, not even with racial prejudice, but the way the police behave in, in this country. I don't know if you remember the Daniel Shaver stuff from a few years ago, but it was a white guy, and the police just shot him down in a hotel because of, like, even outside of racial prejudice, there's just a lack of accountability in the police force mm -hmm. and in those, you know, those establishments in our country. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, I honestly don't know what's worse than getting away with murder. Yeah. Like there's, <laughs> you can't be prosecuted for any, like, yeah, you can go away for years because you sold drugs to kids or whatever, but getting away with murder is, is pretty much at the top of the list. And most of the time these police get away with it. Yeah. Like specifically in that Daniel Shaver instance, the guy was acquitted for his second degree murder charge. And then the force like hired him back temporarily. And he retired shortly thereafter with a pension with like a thirty, forty thousand $40,000 a year pension that's crazy and in this case george floyd imagine if this had happened and it wasn't a policeman but it was the exact same thing that transpired that person would be immediately thrown in jail yeah. and prosecuted yeah and they're figuring out whether or not they're gonna prosecute with this guy that's crazy that there's video of him about it they have the entire police force the reason the riots are happening one of the reasons is because the entire police force instead of policing seems to be just surrounding this guy's house like there's video online of just an army of policemen that look like it's out of like some dystopian movie because they're just squatted up in front of this guy's house to like, you know, protect him because he's probably got a lot of people gunning for him right now. This Derek Chaver or whatever his name is. But the whole force is just at his house, just standing there. It looks like an act of solidarity because these people, you know, they cover for each other when these things happen. There are three other people watching this guy execute George Floyd in the street police officers yeah, yeah yeah they just stood there yeah and through non-action you're just as culpable for in these sorts of situations so and that's that's why i i mean i don't know about you but i feel personally compelled to at least speak up in some form yeah to have some kind of action yeah because you know what's what's the famous quote the only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing by Edmund Burke. Like evil really only wins when good people just don't do anything. Yeah. When they don't stand up. And it's interesting. One of the content creators that I follow a lot, he talks about like Martin Luther King and the, the movement that he sort of had surging in the 60s and the 50s. And Martin Luther King said something similar where it's basically the white moderate that is the most culpable, I guess, is the word you can keep thinking about because they are the ones that are letting these things happen. Like, it's the white supremacists that cause the thing, but they are ultimately not the majority of people. It's this kind of complacent or apathetic larger white community that just sees these things happening and they just do nothing. Or they'll make a post and, you know, have some armchair outrage and then to go back to their daily business and think about the bed they'll sleep in that night because it's comfortable and out of harm's way. Yeah, and that's privilege. And, yeah. you know, growing up, having both parents still be together, that's privilege not having to worry about where your food's going to come from. That's privilege. Not worrying about whether you're, you're going to get executed on the street for just existing. Walking, <laughs> listening to your earbuds. Too loud. And yeah. like, that music's loud, and then you get shot. Yeah, that's privilege. You know, things like that can easily seem trite and kind of done to death, but it is perfectly true. And I think important to remember that these vocal minorities, they really are just that. And it's important for the regular person to stand up to what is really injustice mm -hmm. 
just think critically and show some empathy. Yeah. Yeah. And not just regular people, the regular person, but also anybody who is not one of those minorities also needs to stand up and say something. And that's what I think is happening right now or is going to happen and continue to happen is for white people who make up a large part of the majority start standing up for the people that they care about, the people that they have always should have stood up for that are minorities, anyone of color. I think it's it's a, an important thing. I hope there's change. There will be, but things always, I think, get worse before they get better. So hopefully it won't get too much worse. I don't know how much worse it could get right now. Oh, it could get much worse. <laughs> I know, I know. Like G- Gabe and I are constantly sending each other things going, it's the end of the world, it's the end of the world. Yeah. Yeah. I was pretty depressed when I left work yesterday. I was like, <laughs> just going over all these instances that are cataloged online now because we have the internet mm-hmm. of just things like this happening. Just and a- it, acts it of racism. With your mental fortitude because you're like, you become hopeless or yeah. or if you're a particularly empathetic person, then you just get really sad, you know? You mean like acts of racism? Yeah. Throughout history or just recent acts of racism? Well, specifically the things that are happening like currently, like yeah. contemporary racism, if right. you can call it that. You know, well, I just mean every act of racism that's ever been committed in America versus everything that's happened in the last like five to 10 years, at least, you know, yeah. there's a difference. I think the stuff that's happening now, more currently, people are more outraged about because it's not, it's not true because obviously it's not true, but I think there's a lie that some of the public likes to believe that we are living in a woke culture and that people are aware of the fact that this is bad we shouldn't do it and like how can this still happen and so every time it happens people are like how is this still happening and so i think that that's the biggest thing i think people think and that's why they're they're more outraged than they would be than about something that happened 10 to 20 years ago that's what i'm asking for yeah yeah well and i that's why i said even outside of something like racial violence and racial prejudice when i think of something like how do you fix like negligence in something like the police force it just becomes sort of a hopeless scenario in my mind because there is really no way to enact in our country such sweeping reform that Mm. you can effectively you know fix that Mm. so Mm. i don't know Mm. that's that's one of the things i was thinking about a lot last night was that there are a lot of power hungry people that end up in professions like that because they are there just like this guy probably in this incident that we're talking about Mm. who are there just to exert power over another living thing. And it begs the question, like, would this have happened even to this extent if the crowd had not been, like, calling out for them to stop doing this thing? Because he's like, oh, you don't want me to do this thing? Watch me do this thing. I'm in charge. I have the power in this situation. And then he, you know, I don't know. That's what I was thinking about is how do you how do you fix that if you can? I mean, to me, it always comes back to knowledge power so the more knowledge you gain the more understanding you gain the more understanding you have the more sympathy you have generally so knowledge becomes the thing that takes a man from being and, and thinking that he needs to have power and humbles him to the extent where he starts to have respect for the people around him and maybe even himself that to me is really what it comes back to. I think there's a massive amount of ignorance. I mean that in the most literal sense, not just calling a, somebody just a blatant, ignorant individual. There are lies 
that are believed in our culture just because of ignorance. People are not trying to educate themselves on these subjects. Or their families. We've talked about this before, about how people that are stuck in these cultures end up passing those things down because they never really have an opportunity to get out of those places that they're in, socially, economically. It ends up that you have people who are even unbeknownst to themselves ignorant. I think about that. There's a verse in First Corinthians that says they would not have murdered Jesus on the cross if they would have known. And that's Paul's way of trying to just have empathy or sympathy for the people that murdered Jesus. They were even his own people. But all the signs were there. (laughs) (laughs) But here's the thing. For somebody that can't see, they literally do not know. They lack the knowledge. They would not have killed Christ if they would have known he was the Christ. I like a perfect knowledge. Exactly. But that's what leads me to believe there must be some sort of perfect knowledge or higher knowledge or a higher way a better way you can strive towards that that you can strive toward that's exactly what i was about to say but there's a lot of people who just i think sit in their own bubbles their own universes and create these stories that they tell themselves and that's what i'm saying is ignorance it's not necessarily i think like oh i'm just gonna be racist it comes from something it comes from a place of a lack of desire maybe to be educated well, there's a comfortability. Yeah, there's a, in, there is a comfortability. Uh, it is uncomfortable to, to be honest, even to be talking about this right now, but it's uncomfortable to go outside of yourself and be like, I'm going to try to have compassion and sympathy on all of humankind. That's hard. It's not an easy thing to do. And how do you get to a place where you can actually start to try to empathize and sympathize with every individual around you no matter where they are i i struggle with that every day i struggle to empathize even with the people closest to me that i love the most how much harder is it to love your enemy and furthermore jesus (laughs) and furthermore like to admit fault or wrongdoing in the case of something like this to say what we did was wrong and i'm sorry and how can we take steps to fix that in the old testament the generation of the israelites just waited for the old generations to die off so they could move forward and that's the thing is that those things keep perpetuating through generations so we we have young people and that's what it's one of the craziest things to me is when i see young people echo the thoughts of the generation that's on its way out that's really unfortunate but usually what happens is for some of those people they hopefully go to college they have some form of higher education outside of public education and they, they have the their mind expanded. There's this great book that Ali loves to talk about called Educated, written by this girl named Tara Westover that grew up in sort of like a cult. And her dad always told her all these things. So she grew up almost until she was 18. But thinking that like, oh, the reason that we can't go to the hospital or can't have antibiotics is because they're evil, the government conspiracy, like that kind of thing. There are no birds. They're... <laughs> They're all they're all robots that are spying on us. Yeah, like there's mind kind of control on the fluoride. Yeah, and anyway, she got she gets to college and she learns. She becomes educated and learns. Oh my gosh, I've literally been living in like a like a huge horrible lie. Imagine if that was in the curriculum. And that's what I'm talking about. Is it's really just comes down to I think a lack of education and a lack of knowledge. And some people don't even have the opportunity to have that knowledge. But there's a lot of older especially white people who think a certain way and are unwilling to learn or grow and they just become comfortable and it's so corrupt and backwards and sad 
really because it you never stop growing well well i think personally one should never stop growing if you're complacent and you're doing the same thing and you're thinking the same way all the time there's probably something wrong you should always strive as an individual i think to push yourself outside a little bit just even if it's a little bit outside of a place of comfortability so that you can actually start to learn something apart from the input that is being input into you on a daily basis, which is probably the same input every day. The echo chambers. Most people have the family that they have. They have the extended family that they have. They go to work, they come home, and then repeat. It's the same input. And then you listen to the podcast that you like. You listen to the music that you like. You eat the food that you want. And But anyway, I'm, I'm just saying that like, if one were to push themselves even just a little bit, maybe the new generation that's up and coming, we can learn that the thing that will lead us to not continuing the sins of our fathers and continuing the, the systemic racism that's in America is to just be a kind of people that never stop educating ourselves and keep growing, learning new things and pushing ourselves outside of our comfort zones. Utopia. I'm not talking about utopia. I'm just saying like, I think maybe one of the ways to end things like hatred and racism is to stop being ignorant. And the way to stop being ignorant is to continue to be educated. Easier said than done, but I agree. Well, you're right. <laughs> Years ago, I thought similarly to some of these people. I was on the advocate side of, well, don't white lives also matter? What's the whole point of Black Lives Matter? I don't understand it. I'm coming from a place of curiosity trying to understand. I'm not coming, coming from a place of white supremacy saying, well, white lives matter too. F black lives. <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming from a place of being like, I don't understand. White lives also matter. So what's the point of black lives? And the whole point of Black Lives Matter is just to bring an awareness to this thing over here. It's just like a poster. It's like putting up a poster and you're like, you want to see this movie? Here's a poster for this movie. Yeah, there's other movies, but there's here's a poster for this movie. That's the point of it. Yeah. And also there's just a disproportionate amount of persecution there. So. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why it's so crazy because in the end, it's just a disagreement on what movie you like. And if, if you just keep advocating for the movie you like, and you're telling your friend, essentially, I don't like that movie. Like, I like this movie. Then it's just a matter of opinion. You're only advocating for the thing that you like. And it's just selfish and, and honestly inconsiderate of the person next to you. And that's why it's offensive when people say, well, white lives matter or all lives matter, because you're essentially saying, I don't care about you. <laughs> I only care about myself. I mean, if you put up a poster for like a, a Michael Bay film, you have a whole class of film students. They're going to be making fun of that Michael Bay poster. Probably. Because they're snooty. and They'll they, tear it down. Yeah. They'll riot. Unless they're just like, no, Transformers is the best thing we've seen in the last two decades. Yikes. Also the island. <laughs> the island. <laughs> I'm partial to Armageddon. <laughs> it's I just education is what I'm yeah. saying. It's not a utopic type of thing. It's just simply if the younger people can learn as they grow that it's beneficial to not only yourself, but the people around you to continue to educate yourself and try to push yourself outside of your comfort zones for as long as you live, you'll probably have a better life. You'll probably be better off for that. But you can't even learn that. Even me saying this, coming to the realization that that is potentially the solution, I have had to live a life of privilege to even be able to think this way, to come to that solution. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So that, that, there are people who just can never come to that conclusion. Well, you can make the argument, maybe this is what you're saying in a different way, but that it's suffering that's brought you to this place. Like it's because of a lot of the things that you were dealing with out of your childhood into your 20s 
to where you are now that has caused you to break outside of what you knew because you started to see the inconsistency and started to existentially suffer in a way because that's what builds character and that's what causes you to grow. Like the people that have and live in the privilege all the time, they don't feel the need to grow because they're comfortable. But it's the people, it's the minorities that are constantly living in fear, the ones that are suffering, that are really suffering, that seem to be the ones pushing for change in education and in a way modernization of just being good, being a good person. <laughs> Or at least a more empathetic person. Right. I don't know. No, no, no. I think you're right. I think you're onto something. I don't want to pick your history apart, at least not on this podcast. But I, <laughs> at least for me, when I'm, when I'm looking at myself, it's because of my personal suffering that I feel like I've become a better person because it's what caused me to grow. You have to exercise the muscle to make it stronger. I do think pain and suffering are instigators to understanding that an individual should need to re-educate themselves. The wealthy elite, they're comfortable and they're not suffering and they're not going to probably in the near future. So there's going to be no change coming from that direction. How can you get the person so wonderfully and willfully secure in their uh, wealth or lack of wealth, as long as they're comfortable and they're not going to change their way of being and thinking? Even as we're talking about it, I can only see problems arise. Now we're just trying to solve the underprivileged problems. And and that's usually the case is these people who have had privileged backgrounds, they become educated and then they try to solve the world's problems. That in of itself, I see is inherently a problem and I don't know the answer. It's revolution. It's happened throughout history. It's, it's rioting until... Revolution can take a lot of forms, but it is something that it's big and it's dynamic just looking at history and seeing what has caused countries to modernize over time mm -hmm. and do what's in the best what is truly in the best interest of the people maybe we'll get to that point in the foreseeable future maybe not just do what we can in our own lives one moment at a time trying to spread education <laughs> and positivity if there is any to be had i think there is hope and positivity what does dumbledore say even in the You're darkest of... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Even in the darkest of That's times. That's Hagrid, by the way. Uh, I know. You're a wizard, Harry. Uh, one only has to remember to turn on the light. Even in the darkest of times. <laughs> All right. Well, um, we just wanted to pay tribute. Um, people are saying, say his name. That's the, the hashtag online right now. To create awareness. You know, we only live as long as the last person who remembers us. So, George Floyd, you will not be forgotten.